Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive-through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. Throw balls far. You want good words? Data languages. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be all, end all, know it all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Have you figured it out yet? I think this is for you. It is. It's not for Georgia. (laughs) It's for you. It's like, why are we celebrating a Georgia blowout win? No, 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 no. We're celebrating (laughs) a skinny win. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday right here on the Skinny on Sports. We'll tell you all about Rodney and the gang down at Paul Jones Drug as we move along throughout the show. Of course, we'll talk about last night's just beat down by the Georgia Bulldogs over the TCU Horn Frogs. Uh, talk about that at the top of the show. We've got Elkett head coach Sean Ham. Speaking of the champions, the champions of the Hinton Invitational last week were the Elk City Elkett. So we'll talk to Coach Ham about uh, his season so far and uh, look ahead to what's coming up. Uh, programming note, we'll do the same thing. Coach Doherty of Merritt is coming in tomorrow and we're, we're efforting or maybe Thursday. What did I tell him? Ah, you text me too, and I. I think it was tomorrow. I think it is tomorrow. I think we got him on consecutive days. Yeah, for some reason I think this is Wednesday. This is just Tuesday. Yeah, it's uh, Coach Doherty tomorrow. We're gonna uh, really get uh, some of those coaches on a bunch of the, hopefully maybe all of them, uh, in the Paragon Network here as we plow through toward the playoffs that's coming up. Before you know it, I mean it's going to be here to where we're going to be talking about high school playoff basketball uh, within the month. So. Uh, Coach Ham coming up at 9.30, and then we'll talk. We'll keep the high school hoops rolling with the games tonight. Also, uh, we discussed what we thought might happen a little bit in the rankings. Uh, the new rankings are out, and some interesting things uh, that have happened there. Uh, so we can uh, we can look at the rankings and you know, two more weeks worth of games for Class A and Class B to make their mark and try to move on up in those rankings to, to the top eight would be preferable. But even just moving from, say, you know, 18 or 19 up to 11 or 12 can make a huge difference as far as what your path would be once you get to the playoffs in the first maybe couple of games. So uh, we'll hit that at the end of the show. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That's 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things or whatever else might be on your mind. Feel free and chime in at 225 225- Nine six nine eight. If you're going to be outside the listening area, stay in touch with the show by logging on to kadsam.com or iTunes or iTunes. 
the app. The app's got three radio stations. It's got the Penny News. Brand new edition of that Penny News will hit the website tonight at midnight. That's at thepennynews.com. Pick up a free copy of this week's Penny News right now before it's gone. It'll be out of there on your uh, by tomorrow, if not for sure, on Thursday with a new copy. Big Elk TV and Paragon TV will discuss what's going on on those channels tonight. Tons of high school basketball uh, coming up for you this evening. And then, of course, uh, of course, the Skinny on Sports podcast. You can find that at kadsam.com. Go back and listen to a show if you missed it entirely. Hello, Jared. How are you? I am You're in a good mood. I, I am tell. wonderful. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. A little bored last night. Gosh. <laughs> a little a little boring. Now, now, OU fans, you know how everybody else around the country feels or felt in the 2005 Orange Bowl. That's exactly what I Or the to. 2020 Peach Bowl. Yep. When those beatdowns uh, at the hands of LSU and also USC. And it did, you know, gosh, it just, it was just a dominant performance by Georgia. There, there's no other way to say it. it every, most people thought coming into the year, you know, what would, what would be Georgia's team? They lost five first round players on defense. Could they, you know, bounce back. Could that offense be good enough to carry the defense early? And then they beat Oregon forty-nine to three in the first weekend, and you go, "Oh my!" An Oregon team that turned out not to be that bad. Oregon was pretty good. Matter of fact, that was their only loss for a long time this season. Was that was that defeat down in the uh, Mercedes-Benz Dome against Georgia? And. You know, the Bulldogs, they had the one game against Mizzou where it was like, well. Which always happens at championships, it, right? They always of, have that one game. You can't that, be up every week. Yeah. And, you know, that. I think we kind of forgot what they were or what they are. Because when you think about the two games heading into last night, that defense looked really suspect. Jaden Daniels lit him up in the SEC title game for LSU. I mean, LSU made some mistakes that got him out of the game, but, man, they they went up and down the field. Obviously, Ohio State did the same thing uh, to the Bulldogs' defense. And so I think that's where a lot of the hope in a close game or a lot of uh, the hope for a TCU win came from watching those offenses go up and down the field. And TCU's offense was prolific hitting the big play over and over and over yeah throughout the season last night they couldn't even get a first down i thought you know nick saban first first down came on a georgia penalty it came on a georgia mistake well that's in and, and, you know saban said it at halftime when they you know there wasn't a lot to say other than my gosh what a beat down but he said you know the the theory of playing fast and tiring the the defense out is a is a really great one we saw it work for ohio state you know, even Jalen Carter, who has announced he is entering the draft, and nobody's surprised. Uh, Mel Kuyper has him rated the number one player in the draft coming up. Wow. But even he admitted that he got tired in that Ohio State game. And so that's you, you can see the blueprint. But as Saban said, if you're TCU, you've got to get a first down to make that work. And even on their scoring drive, it wasn't, you know, eight two, four, you know, bunch of plays. They hit the long pass. The next thing you know, they're in the end zone with Duggan. And so 
it just it, did it not feel like Georgia had the ball the whole game? Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it was like, man, yeah. is not is is TCU's offense even playing? Oh, TCU's offense every time. I mean, yeah, I watched early, then when it became, you know, there at half, I kind of started doing dad stuff. But it seemed like every time outside of that one pass play, which was just a, a secondary breakdown, they had two guys following one, and and um, you saw what you got. But it seemed like every time they tried to do something, one, Duggan had pressure in his face every single snap. Two, if they're going to run it, they were lucky to get it maybe a yard past the line of scrimmage. Maybe. They tried everything, and Georgia was—it's like they had their playbook on their other sideline. And then, and, but it, here's the deal: and you harp on it all the time, and it's true. It's it's when recruiting matters. Uh-huh. It's when recruiting when they're recruiting five star after five star after five star, and we've seen the comparison all over Twitter, all over Facebook. The you know the side by side comparison on their roster. This is how many five star kids TCU has. This is how many Georgia has. This is how many four star TCU. This is how many four-star george has and it was if you were on a seesaw george is the fat kid okay and it that always comes out the cream always rises to the top in that situation eventually it does Uh, not always but but most of the time eventually it does and yeah here's the comparison right here four and five star players recruited by both teams george's total on its roster 68 tcu's total 16 george's average recruiting ranking for the past four years two tcus 36 and last night's game looked like an even bigger gulf than that when you saw what happened i mean you know the the three three five defense was something that um was was ballyhooed coming into the game and how you know hard it was to prepare and it's different you know how you you know how you prepare for it just run it over you know and it felt like georgia could could get five yards anytime they wanted to by turning around and handing it off i, I also thought Todd Munkin had a great plan because when you have when you only have those three linemen, the the back end kind of has to has to adjust to where the strength of the of the formation is offensively, and when they would run kind of that little sugar huddle, they'd send the one receiver out first and have him get set. Mm-hmm. That way, then everybody else was tighter to the formation and they could just go. And TCU was running around trying to figure out where everything was trying to get and up. trying to yeah. get lined up. And next thing you know, Georgia was by him. I thought that was great innovation against that defense that Munkin came up with, not allowing TCU to be able to uh, to even get set, much less adjust to anything that they were doing. But even with all that said, the difference was man-to-man in the trenches. It wasn't even close. No. It no. just wasn't close. And, and Georgia just ran over TCU. Now, I, I will say this. I'm sick and tired of seeing Bama should have played Georgia or TCU didn't deserve it. TCU did too. You know who this is indictment on more than anything? Michigan. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, this I, isn't a first round. Now, watching, if I'm this thinking, was a first yeah. round game, like the first round of the playoff game, I'll listen to it. Yeah. But TCU defeated Michigan to get there. Right. How bad were they? Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was like, this team beat michigan <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean come on yeah and i start i'm trying to find out i'm trying like just try to try to justify like what am i watching how did this happen why is this so lopsided it was did tcu leave everything out on the field against michigan did they play did they throw everything at them and then they just had you know, or or is michigan, i think it's the other way other way around i think it's the other i think here's what happened 
Ohio State woke up Georgia. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, see, like right here, the CFP committee should be embarrassed. No, that is so stupid. Demetric Warren, that's, why should they be embarrassed? If this was last week, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be embarrassed. Ma- Alabama should have played Michigan or Georgia or whoever. But TCU won a game to get to the finals. Don't tell me it should be embarrassed. That is such a lazy crap take this morning to act like TCU didn't deserve to be in that football game last night. They deserved to make the playoff, and once they got there, they beat the Big Ten champ. How the hell were they not supposed to be in that game last night? It doesn't make any sense. It's just lazy because of how bad Georgia won the game. Yeah, But they, they – no one put them there. The college football playoff didn't put TCU in that game last night. They put them against Michigan, in which TCU beat Michigan. They didn't just give them the route to to be in that game. And by the way, I wonder how many of the people saying that today picked TCU to cover the spread. Are they just mad because they look stupid and going against the juggernaut that is Georgia? I mean, that's that is so lazy to to today act like TCU didn't deserve to be in the playoff when they won a game to get into the the national cha- championship game last night. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. But it I was I think that's a large part of it. They they thought it would be a closer game and these are sports fans at heart that don't like to see blowouts in a, you know if you're not rooting for anybody. I mean, let's face it, I was bored last night. Second half was boring. Oh, no doubt. I was like it was oh, awful. man, I would have loved to have a really close game just like we saw in the semifinals. But it is what it is. Georgia was the better team. They were dominant. And the question now for me, and I'm thinking about Georgia now, shifting our focus on them, has that baton been passed? Are they the new Alabama of the football world, of the college football world? God, don't they look like them? Like, because it just looks like they're going to reload, reload, reload. I mean, yeah, uh, uh, st- uh, quarterback's gone, but then they got a good one behind them in Vandergrift. It's highly, not even him. Highly recruited. It's not even it's him. It's not even him. Yeah. Some guy named Beck was the was came in there last night. I was wondering where That's Brock, right. That's right. It, it wasn't him. I was wondering where Vandegriff was, honestly. Because of course all, all OU, OU fans know about him Does because he had a red shirt on or something. He went, well, he, I don't know. It's his second year. Yeah, it is second year. No, they listening to um Kirk and Chris, I mean, it, it it sounds like this Beck guy is next in line for that job. Which is which surprised me because I was thinking, oh, once it, once the blowout was obvious, I'm thinking, huh, we'll see, get to see Brock Vandegrift for the first time, or at least me get to see him. And then some guy named Beck rolled out there, and they're like, oh yeah, this Tim Beck or whatever his name Beck was, like yeah, he and that, then that that other running back, Robinson, Branson Robinson. Did you see him? Were you were you still tuned in for that? Where he was at the end, his way, <laughs> yeah, trying like, to muscle his way in there. True freshman, yeah. And it was like, it'll be the Beck Robinson show next year. And I thought, huh, I wonder what happened to – like, did I miss Bandegriff transferring or something? But anyway, it's it – Carson hit. Beck. Carson, Carson Beck, Beck, that's Let, it. Let's go back. Let's see. He's a four-star kid. He is um, from Jacksonville, Florida. I wonder how old he is. Man, he looks like he's 12 based on this picture. Real baby face. But you mean classification? Yeah. I don't know. What uh, recruiting he, let's class see, he was let's in. See here. So twenty, class of twenty twenty. Okay, so that's same year as Vandegrift. Committed in nineteen 
spring of 19. So that'd be the class of 2020 cycle. So a year before Vandegrift. Yeah. yeah. Vandegrift would be a 21 because he was the same as Williams. 21, then 22, yeah. Pro-style quarterback built with – You're like a big guy. I mean, anyway. In the pocket passer. That's what he looked like. And so we'll see about that. Stetson Bennett, we got we have to talk about him. I mentioned yesterday, what is his place in college football history with a win last night? And not only a win last night, a dominant performance. Uh, they kept on harping on this, which I didn't even realize. I didn't realize they, they named a most valuable player of the uh, semifinal games. Did you know? Did you realize that? They, they do. Anyway, all four playoff games he's been in, he's been the most valuable player for Georgia, which is astonishing with, with the talent they've had. I guess that makes sense because they're their own bowls and they That's like right. to do yeah. their own. They've always done their, that. That's right. Hand out the orange yeah, bowl trophy and all that. You know, they all have their own trophies. And it yeah. seems weird just because it's a playoff game now. Yeah, but you're, you're right. In, kind in of the, pushed to the back burner because it's like doesn't matter. Next game up, but yeah, that so is, yeah, yeah. That's uh, he's he's been that in all four games. I was thinking about it. You know, could where is he? I was comparing him. I, uh, if he had, he's won two titles. He's a walk on, which is awesome. Second or runner-up in the Heisman this year. Like if he's a Heisman winner, he's right up there with Tebow, right? You see where I'm going? He won a couple titles, has a Heisman. Yeah, the difference is he was a walk. Yeah. Well, well, the difference is Bennett actually quarterbacked his team to both of them, whereas Tebow was kind of the glorified fullback on that, that first, first Florida one. team. Yeah. Of course, he does have the Heisman. Uh, I, I don't think there's any doubt he's the most acclaimed quarterback of the playoff era sure right yeah absolutely with two titles that has two titles deshaun watson i mean when when you're thinking about who that could be watson lawrence burrow are really kind of the guys that you would consider for that i think you know two a played into so I mean, he came in at halftime and won the one, and then he got blown out by um, Trevor Lawrence in the second one, and then got hurt in the third. Never even make the third year when Burrow beat him in, in Alabama, and then he was you know done hurt. So you know he's a guy that's played in multiple. Deshaun won one and lost one, and it, uh, I think it's got to be if you if you name a you know the first eight or nine years of the playoff the first team quarterback for the playoff era I'm not saying he's better than those guys but it's got to be Stetson Bennett doesn't it because he's been fantastic in these games these games he has he has yep. been fantastic and he ought to be he's 25 years old <laughs> he's older than five quarterbacks in the NFL just a couple years younger than me. Wow, <laughs> older than a bunch of older than <laughs> he, he would be like the third oldest quarterback in the AFC playoffs right now. You realize? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. You realize Mahomes is the oldest one. Yes. How I crazy see, is that? that? Twenty seven. Anyway, uh, whose fault was last night? Yeah, on the on the on the whose fault on the horned frog side? I'm just or... saying whose fault was it? You know whose fault it was? I'll tell you. Who's that? Ohio State. Last night was all their fault for not being able to hold on and beat Georgia. Because if they could have held on and beat Georgia, we might have been in for a heck of a shootout. Because Ohio State's defense is nowhere near what Georgia's is. TCU could have done some different things against that defense. 
I'm blaming last night squarely on the shoulders of Ohio State. It's all your fault, Buckeyes, <laughs> for, for, for not only not finishing the job, but also waking them up. We even talked about it coming out of that game last Saturday, or a week ago Saturday. What was Kirby Smart saying? That was our C-minus game. Right, right. That's how I was and, kind of talking about that yesterday. Yeah. Right, and he was like he had a motivational teaching tool right in front of him to get his team to the highest level. I know Bill sent us. Have you seen the locker, the pregame locker room I, speech I, yet? No, I don't think we can play. Uh, it, I know we can't play it. <laughs> I haven't and, heard it. Oh my gosh, I've <clears> seen <throat> it pop up this morning. I saw. I didn't have a chance to listen. Sailors blush at what he was saying in that pregame locker room. Wow. So we got him ready to go. I think for a minute ish. If we tried to beep them all out, it would just go beep. <laughs> it would sound like Morris code. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm going to blame last night on Ohio State because here's the truth of it, and people were picking on TCU a bunch today. It didn't make a damn who was on that other side of that field last night. Georgia was going to roll up whoever was in their way. I can agree with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And TCU, you, you can't take away – I know – it. listen – We've been on as OU fans. We've been on this side of it. Oh yeah, LSU. You mentioned USC. We Alabama. We've been on this side of it more often than not. Semifinal games, and um, so I guess I have a little empathy or a little sympathy for them. I feel a little okay. We you've been there. They're not a bad team, and I think in this new iteration of the Big Twelve, they're going to be perennial contenders for for the Big Twelve title, which means perennial playoff contenders absolutely playoff uh, attendees once this thing expands so and, and once but again you're right no it didn't matter who georgia was going to play it didn't mm -mm. matter mm -mm. they were going to win they were Huge. rolling they were rolling whoever it was last night and once again it's not like for everybody dogging on tcu today it's not like they were put in that position without doing anything they got put in the playoff. They won a football game to get to last yeah. night. Yeah. So they miss did, me with they, all that. They did something that no other Big Twelve team could do. That's right. In OU included. Well, they're only, the only only, only chance it had. Yeah. It. Uh, last thing here, and then we'll get to Coach Ham. Twelve team playoff. What does it end up producing? Do we do we see more competitive games? Do we see less competitive games? Do maybe we get end up seeing better championship games because? For those people that are complaining about Alabama today and that they would have been a better opponent in the finals, guess what? The tide will probably have a chance to prove yeah. that true because they'll be in a 12-team uh, playoff. We're going to see a, f a lot of Final Fours with SEC teams, I think. How long do you think it'll take for the entire Final Four to be all SEC? The first year. <laughs> not surely not. <laughs> I think we're going to get a lot of fun games leading up to the championship game, but I think we're more likely to see something like this than not because we could see these little Cinderella runs and then it just well, did but, a buzzsaw. But once again, though, the good thing is – Because with, it, with it, the, depending on the seeding and the matchup, you have TCU right. that's going to have to go through – But once again, so, I mean, they literally beat number two to get to last night. Yeah. You know, we, we saw Tulane-USC. That could have easily been a game this year in yeah, the playoff. Yeah, yeah. But for the people – that don't like the SEC, I think the 12-team playoff is going to be a bad thing for those. So, because you're going to see the SEC teams dominate this thing. I'm afraid you're probably right. And if you're an OU fan, uh, me, I'm going to tell you right now. We'll finish on this. Finish your the thought. The best thing that could have happened for Oklahoma football is to go into that conference because now 
they have to be prepared to play that brand of football week in, week out, and not win a Big 12 conference and then have to try to play that brand of football in the final. I saw someone say that. They said – I think it was Gabe Eichert. It's not so much of, oh, my goodness, that's where OU's going. It's, oh, my goodness, OU's going to have to get better to play at that level. And it just – it's a necessity. You That's have right. to. And I think we're already seeing that in recruiting, especially defensively, how how uh, how they're recruiting. Or you get left behind. It's just that you, simple. Yeah, you either, you either, die, man. You either catch up or you get ran over. Yeah. And what we saw last night, oh, my gosh. Yeah. was just awesome. Uh, by the way, oh, man, I took it down. I was going to play the song again. Championship song? Yeah, our uh, West Oklahoma Realty Bowl mania is complete after People last night. People are screaming rigged. I think you rigged it. I won. 25 and 18. What game do you get to go to? I pick. You pick a I game? I think you get to kind of pick. Wow. So, I'm t- you know what I'm so targeting? Are you going to wait till No, no, I already looked at the I looked at the schedule at halftime if we're being honest last night <laughs> to see what <laughs> the Thunder were going to be at home. Yeah. I maybe uh isn't March 3rd in that small school basketball state tournament? Yes. That Friday that Utah Jazz are in town, so that may be my target. The jazz. Be the jazz. Well, just for convenience sake. I know. That Friday night? That Friday night. Well, wait a minute, bud. You got to work. No. No, you got to be in the big house. With I don't me. have to work. <laughs> Saturday's the only day I have to work. The only thing about that is here's the, here's the kicker. I'll probably be busy, or I'd like to be busy that Friday night. And it's up to the guy next ah. to make me busy. We'll be back. Coach Sean Ham of the Oak City Elkettes. Champions of the Hinton Invitational this weekend. We'll talk to him about uh, what's coming up tonight. Also, um, what the season holds for the Elk City Elkettes. It's a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. We'll tell you about Rodney and the gang when we come back right here on the Skinny on Sports. 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. Now we're back! Welcome back, Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. It's a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Rodney Skinner down there at Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street here in Elk City. Paul Jones is the oldest compounding pharmacy in the city. They're uh, experienced compounding, free local delivery, drive through pickup, and curbside testing and vaccinations. 809 North Main, give them a call, 580-225-2121. It's Rodney Skinner. And then the gang down there at Paul Jones Drug. Joining us now is the head coach of the Elk City Elkettes. Five and four on the season with Weatherford coming to town tonight. It's Mr. Sean Ham. How are you, coach? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Hey, very, very, uh, very good weekend for your girls, uh, doing something that hadn't happened since 2016, a regular season tournament title. Uh, talk about uh, how your girls played coming off the loss Tuesday night against Anadarko and then getting all three of those wins to win the Hinton Invitational. Yeah, I thought we played really well down at Anadarko. Uh, you know, emotional game for those of everybody that was down there. And then uh, to bounce back, uh, played Burns Flat on Thursday. Uh, came out a little slow, a little sluggish, kind of picked it up in the second half. Uh, played a good Fort Cobb Broxton team on Friday. Uh, Coach Rogers does a great job with them down there, and then uh, 
you know, Community Christian 7-1 and one or 8-1 and one when we played them. Uh, kind of came out, uh, put in a new zone, uh, kind of gave them some fits in the first quarter, and then uh, obviously we had an exciting finish there in the fourth quarter. But, you know, I was, I was real proud of the girls. We had some ups and downs, did some uh, crazy stuff, but we shot the ball pretty good. And uh, like you said, first win for uh, those seniors for a championship. So I, I was proud uh, that they get to have that memory. The senior, if people don't know, I mean, the, the starting lineup is four out of five are seniors. The first, gosh, couple off the bench, other than Ella, I guess, are seniors. I mean, there's seven or eight. They're in the lineup night after night after night. And they've been through it. Uh, some good times, some bad times. Uh, how proud of you are them for sticking with it and, and being able to earn that championship on Saturday night? Oh, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> you know, three years ago when we started this, and we, we've just kind of built every single year. You know, we had five wins. Uh, our first year and then last year 12 and you know hopefully whatever this year brings but the girls just put in the work in the summertime with uh, 11 getting in the weight room uh, that was a big focus for us going to summer camps they the girls just do whatever you ask them to I mean it's just a great group of kids they get along with each other they're great leaders uh, they, they take the underclassmen and show them how it's supposed to be done and I mean as a coach that's all you can really ask for uh point them out uh, who's working for you who's uh who's standing out for you this season maybe having a, a good season so far can, can i say all of them yeah <laughs> yeah i know coaches hate to do that right shout, to... shout out to all of them uh, <laughs> you know uh Haley Bowie got a tournament mvp she had a great three days uh putting the ball in the hoop for us but you know campbell rainey was i mean she was dominant as, as she's been uh, especially abby joe robbins you know she does a lot of the dirty work that doesn't show up in the stats you know she gets uh, you know the, all the blocks, all the tough rebounds, uh, the the punches in the face. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, all of them. R Riley White had some big baskets. Kiara came up big. I mean, just, just all of them. They, they all have their own role, uh, whatever that may be. And, you know, I've got nine of them plus Olivia, my manager, ten. So I've got ten seniors that, that just do whatever it takes, and, and, and they're, all, they're all committed to what we're trying to do here. Yeah, specifically Campbell. Uh, you know, she, we've seen her grow throughout her career, but honestly – since Christmas break, you know, down at down at Anadarko, battling in that hugely physical game, and in a game that, quite honestly, wasn't made for her, uh, with the way that they play, the way that they, they pressure and all that. But then uh, over there at Hinton this week, when she was allowed to be on the floor and not in foul trouble, <laughs> she was awesome. I mean, that game against Community Christian, in my mind, never gets that close if she doesn't get into foul trouble because when she was on the floor, she scored 10 points in probably what? Eight minutes, twelve I got minutes. The, I got the report. It's twelve minutes. Okay, that's what I was saying. I knew it felt like a basket a minute almost there. So uh, talk about her and how she's really started to blossom here uh, in her senior year. You know, she's always worked really hard, and you know, she just kind of had to wait her turn. I, I guess you could say. You know, we had Carson and uh, Jordan there, and then we obviously had Delasia last year. But you know, she's. Uh, I know. I know she's put in the work. I know she's had a kind of a personal goal. If she wants to get a double double every game and. But I'll tell you what, she's playing absolutely her best basketball, and, and I, I think it's by a long shot. I mean, she's becoming a dominant force inside. Uh, you know, most games, she's going to have her hands full tonight. You know, Weatherford's got a pretty good post girl themselves. But, you know, we've been able to go through the post and run some plays through her and stuff, and it's just added another dimension to our team. But absolutely, she's she's playing the best basketball that, that I've seen her play. We've harped on it how the month of January at any level in high school basketball is a grind. And that is especially true because of how tough this conference is. Does that encourage you to go through this this murder's row of games back to back to back to back and then go, oh, well, playoffs going up against these teams, that's nothing compared to what we just went through in the regular season. I, I don't know if we're ever uh, – <laughs> I don't know how to how – to, 
politely say things about our conference. You know, our conference is just stacked. Yeah. You know, uh, what's it been? Four teams every year seems to be in the state tournament. Uh, you, you know, when you put Weatherford, they were there last year. You know, it looks like they're trending that way again. And Bethany and Tuttle and Kingfisher and Darko. I mean, just every night, uh, man, it, it's just a grind. Uh, one thing that we've kind of focused on this year, you know, I, I want to win as much as anybody, but we're just talking about winning the day. You know, uh, even our losses this year, uh, compared to what we've done in years past, kind kind of won the day. You know, we Weatherford beat us last time, but, you know, I, I, I thought we won the day. You know, we, we weren't beat before we got on the floor. I thought we, I thought we outworked them, to be honest with you, uh, that game. And just they're working hard every single day and, and just the mindset that they bring, uh, it, it's really paying off for us. Just to give an idea, this week's rankings, the Western Conference has five of the top eight in Class 4A girls basketball. Uh, with, uh, with one, three, four, seven, and eight. <laughs> that is stupid. <laughs> that is incredible. And then our non-conference game, Jones, number two. Yeah, <laughs> Jones is two and three A. Um, looking ahead tonight, and, and then not only tonight, but the rest of the season, obviously there's going to be tough tasks ahead uh, with some of the teams, Bethany Tuttle, Weatherford uh, still on the schedule, Elgin as well, who snuck into the bottom of the rankings, which when I first saw that EL, I thought, Finally, a little respect here, and then I realized it wasn't City, it was Jen. Uh, but how do you balance with what's happening with the tournament weeks uh, next week in Altus, game after game after game, especially as a football school? You know, we don't start till December, so everything gets piled up kind of in January and February. How do you balance that with trying to work hard in practice and get better at what you need to do, yet having fresh enough legs to actually play the games when they pop up on the schedule? You know, it, it's a tough balance. But going back to what you alluded to earlier, I mean, just the fact that we have so many seniors and so many people that we can run in and out. You know, we don't have, you know, just five girls that we have to run into the ground every single night. That We have girls that we can spell them with, roll, you know, off the bench and, and give us some minutes and stuff. But, you know, we, we try to find a balance in practice, so, you know, conditioning and running and, and just stuff like that. But, I mean, I, I don't know if there's a right answer. If you if you know it, tell it to me. <laughs> but but I, I don't know it right off the top of my head. We just we do the best we can, I guess. <laughs> to your point with playing, I, I think at halftime against Community Christian, nine girls had scored. For us? Yeah. It was either that game or maybe it was Fort Cobb. It might have been Friday night. Nine girls have scored in, had scored in the first half. Going back to what you said, I, I do know uh, we were talking about Campbell not getting to play a lot because they were they're getting her with some fouls and stuff. But all four of, all in the championship game, all four of our post girls scored. Campbell had ten. Riley had uh, two. Elo had the end one, mm-hmm. and then Kier had a putback for two. So that's right. Yep. Yeah, you I mean that's, right. that's for, <laughs> it, it, Will I mean this is going to be an impossible question, so I'm not going to ask it right here on the air. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to burst anybody's bubble uh, through that the rest of the of the year, but. You know, the the bench, though, I mean, it, you do play a lot. And so how do you kind of focus on those combinations when it gets later on into the playoffs? I mean, you, you're able to you're able to kind of tinker with and see who works well together. That, that's got to help, though, in the situation if somebody gets in foul trouble in a district game or a regional game to where you've got girls that have proven things on the floor instead of just firing them out there uh, in a playoff game. You know, this is probably pretty cliche, but – couple years ago I, I went to a uh, coach's clinic and uh, I was listening to coaches talk about what you're talking about and one of the coaches I can't remember who the speaker was but he said he learned it from Bill Self and Bill Self's philosophy was let them bleed early so in November and December he didn't take a lot of timeouts 
you know, he didn't stop the runs. He didn't stop the momentum. He wanted them to learn early. Let them bleed. If we got to lose, lose early and teach them. And I thought that was a really good point. And kind of going to your point now, we're, I mean, we're still not even 10 games into the season. So we're going to run them out there. We're going to play them. Those girls deserve those minutes. And we're going to find our combinations. You know, some girls have, have a better knack of scoring. Some of them are a little more defensive oriented, but I've, I've always kind of carried that with me of let them bleed early. Uh, let, let them fight through it. Let them figure it out now. So it'll pay off come February. Well, I'm excited. I mean, I'm going to go back to that Weatherford game at the beginning of the year, that Saturday afternoon, such an odd time to play for me. And how close you guys were into stealing one on the road, and now they're coming here tonight. Is that on the girls' mind? Like, we were that close to beating this top-ranked team out of 4A, our rivals. It's time to get that tonight. Well, I, I just think I think you hit uh, the rivals. You know, I, I don't think it matters when we play them or whatever it is. You know, you always want to take down your rivals. Uh, Weatherford's got a, such a strong tradition, such a great tradition over there. Uh, they've obviously got some uh, D1 athletes that are going to continue their college career next year and stuff. And, and my girls, I mean, they've just grown up together. These are girls that have played basketball together since fifth, sixth grade. So they're well aware of those girls over there. And they just want to play for each other, and you know, like you said, we've kind of, we've kind of beat some of the teams, I guess, toward the bottom of the conference, and and some of the teams at the top have kind of gotten us. So they're just trying to take that next hump, and it doesn't matter if it's Weatherford, it doesn't matter if it's Tuttle, you know, they they just want to they want to leave their legacy here at Elk City and and, and elevate our program to the next level. It is awesome <clears throat> to watch the you can tell when teams have played together, and when when kids have played together. And you can, gosh, when you watch Kaylin or, or Haley or Campbell, any of those, that group of seniors, like I can sit there and sometimes the angle is kind of weird where a pass is coming from to where it's going. And I see it go off the hands. I'm going, oh my Lord, where's that headed? <laughs> and then it's just like right to somebody to shoot it on the baseline or kicking it out to the top of the key. How much does that help you and make your job a little bit easier that they are so comfortable with each other and know each other's games and where, exactly where they're going to be on the floor each and every time? Oh, it, ma- it makes it a lot easier. You know, you don't, you don't have to worry about them gelling together and, and working together. I mean, they're selfless players. They work together. But I, I remember asking Haley that something happened the other day, and I said, why were you doing this? Because she said, I knew Kalen was going to go here. And stuff. Well, I, that's a pretty good answer, I guess. <laughs> you know, you, you, you anticipated it better than I did. So just not having to coach that and say, you know, trust your teammates because they, they trust each other. They're going to do what they're supposed to do, and they know that their teammates going to do what they're supposed to do. And, you know, it, it takes years to develop that chemistry and, and everything. But when you play sen- together since the fifth and sixth grade, you know, it, it, it's kind of embedded in their bones. How much is what happened last weekend in, in being able to, to take home that title? How much does that help you confidence-wise moving forward, uh, not only into Altus tournament, but then also once we get into district regional area play? Oh, you know, we needed to prove that we could beat a quality 4A team, and we did that in Community Christian. Uh, so just them knowing that we can play tough opponents, and, you know, you were there with all the swings in the game. We were up big, and then all of a sudden they came storming back. So all the elements to the game just, just to prove to ourselves that we're capable of doing this, you know, all the close games we've had, the Jones game, the Anadarko game, all those, I mean, those are great quality competitions. We're, we're out there, we're trying, but we're not on the top end of those. We, we needed to prove to ourselves that, that we could come out on top. So getting across the hump Saturday I, I think will pay big dividends for us. We got Weatherford tonight, and then, gosh, finally back at home. You know, what game was it? The first, I guess it was Burns Flat, where you came out in your white uniforms, and I kind of went, <laughs> it looks odd. <laughs> is that is that Elk City or, or, yeah. or is that somebody else? But 
for for everybody in town. Three straight home games coming up tonight, Friday night, and then next Tuesday night. Two straight ranked opponents in here tonight against Weatherford, and then Friday night against Elgin. Cash the next game, and then uh, actually four regular season games if you want to count that Tuttle two weeks from tonight with the uh, Altus tournament uh, next weekend. It's a great time for everybody to come out and, and support you guys. And, and the boys took home some hardware as well. And so make your plea. Get out to the gym. Yeah, we, we'd love for everybody to come out. You know, uh, the school spirit the last couple of years has really kind of turned around starting last year and then carried all the way through football this year. Uh, even the one home game we had this year against Jones, we, our student section was going crazy and everything else. So you guys come out and uh, cheer on the girls. They, they sure deserve all the support we can give them. But uh, I know it means the world to them. And like you said, our, our boys got uh, – they, they won uh, consolation last week. So they're, they're getting their, they're getting their uh, feet underneath them too. So come catch two good ball games tonight. All right, Coach Ham. Thank got, you so I much. I got one Go more ahead. question. Right, With the acquisitions made in Arlington, has Texas fixed the pitching? <laughs> Is it time to start believing in the Texas Rangers? You know, yeah. I mean, I, I've believed in them for this long, so I mean, <laughs> uh, we're still a year or two away, but I, I sure like what they're doing. I, I, I'm glad oh, uh, Smithy's getting a little nervous. That makes me feel good. <laughs> any any tips? Have you, have you been to the new stadium? I have not been to the new stadium. Oh, well, that's not. you're not going to help me at all here. <laughs> Are you going? Yes. When? When? Uh, end of April. Yankees are in town. If uh, if that if that would have been the the tickets for Globe Life or it's not Globe Life anymore, I don't even know what's called. But if the, if your tickets would have been instead of the Thunder <laughs> down there, I probably would have tried a little hard at, at, at bowl pick them. Uh, let's see. It is. I'll tell you. It's on a. I know it's right across the parking lot from Jerry's World. Because I've been to Jerry's World. Yeah, it is it the is. twenty, the last weekend in April, twenty eighth, twenty ninth, thirtieth, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, night game Friday, night game Saturday, one thirty on Sunday. I'm in. I'm going. That <laughs> was it was a Christmas present to, to my son. I gotta go, kind of gotta go <laughs> at some point. Buy those tickets and get. I was I was really looking for like where to stay, what to do around that area. Couldn't help you with that You're one. Not helping me. No, I'm all. not helping you with that one. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Next thing I know, Hayes will be up there doing halftime interviews. <laughs> I'll send him up there tonight. <laughs> all right, Coach Ham. Thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations to the Elkettes on the win at Hinton in that tournament and many more good things to come this season. Appreciate it. Head coach Sean Ham of the Elk City Elkettes joining us here for a little bit, uh, talking about the season preview in tonight's game against Weatherford. 6.30 is the tip with the Lady Eagles in town. Uh, another chance for the Elkettes to get another feather in their cap and try to figure out a way to get into those OSSAA rankings before the playoffs start. It's Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. We'll be back talk about those rankings and some games tonight on the high school hardwood. The Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive-through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. It's in the hole. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. 
Thank you uh, to Coach Sean Ham so much uh, for joining us, talking about the Elk City Elkettes and the season that they've had so far. Uh, that includes that Hinton Invitational title. Also, thank you to Paul Jones Drug, Rodney Skinner there at Paul Jones Drug, Tuesday sponsor of the Skinny on Sports. 809 North Main is the address for Paul Jones Drug. Listen, you know what's cool? Convenience packaging. Everybody's seen the pill caddies, the big cases that you had to fill up your pills on the right day with the right pill with the right dosage. No, 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 no. They do that for you. They will individually package your daily medication where all you have to do is open it, take it, and move on down life's path. Uh, an awesome feature there at Paul Jones Drug. They've got the durable medical equipment, which is walkers, canes, crutches, wraps, and braces. Most insurances are accepted down at Paul Jones Drug. And also, got some cool gifts and greeting cards. I got a couple of, uh, of Christmas presents down there at Paul Jones Drug. Cool little gifts uh, that uh, people really, really enjoyed. So uh, they've got everything. Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main, care you, can cr- uh, care you can trust with free delivery right here in the Elk City area. What's going on tonight, Jared? I was going to pull that up, and then and I had it pulled up, and I went to the Texas Rangers schedule because you and Ham got me distracted. What do you mean? What's going on tonight on the high school hardwood? Oh, 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 oh! Right, I've got right, it. Right, right. That's right. You got it. I've got it right here. It looks like Arapo Butler will be at Mountain View Godibo. Leedy's at Visai. Hollis at Snyder. That's it. That's it. And then of course Elk City hosting Weatherford on Big Elk TV. Hammond off. Hammond's off. Hammond's off till Friday. We'll talk about that one okay. when we when we get there. Right. But uh, so tonight, uh, some teams uh, that are in action: three Paragon TV schools, Hollis at Snyder. Yeah, Arn. I knew we'd get some Arnett love too, as Arnett the girls stayed at number Tell eight. You what Arnett needs to jump on the Paragon Network. Man, look at them: twelve and two, winners of the Oil Center Classic. Make that happen, DJ. Only losses were to top ranked teams. Number one in Class B, Lomega, and also Rappo Butler, which is what number nine in Class A. Twelve and two for their Arnett Lady Wildcats. Um, not the juiciest of schedules tonight when you think about the matchups that could be out there. But uh, chances for some of these teams. Let's see. Look, outside of. Arapo coming off a loss in the finals of the Western Equipment. Leedy won third. Hollis won their last game. So a couple teams coming off wins from over the weekend. I think it'd be. I think the to me the headliner of the night in the small schools will be Arapaho Butler versus Mountain View Godibo on the boys' side. On the boys' side. Oh, I thought Mountain View was ranked. Or is it the girls that are ranked? The girls are. Oh, that's Mount, what it is. Mountain I'm sorry. View girls are ten it's, and one. I was, I was on the yeah. wrong. I was on the wrong gotcha. page. Yeah, the girls' game. Uh, with Mountain View Godibo yeah. at t- ten and one, ranked fifteenth against Class A number nine, Rappo Butler twelve and three. Yeah, that's that's got to be the headliner, right? Yeah, at at Mountain View. Yeah, it's at Mountain View. Yeah, that's gonna be that'll be a good one. Man, it's loud. You've been there mm-hmm. watching those games. Doesn't it? It seems like game, it gets yeah. really loud in that gym. Well, I mean, it's a nice gym, but it's not a big gym. It's a it's a small school gym. Now we've been to small schools that are bigger. You know, the Leedies and Hammonds come to mind. But this one, it's a nice gym, but it only goes about. I would say five, seven, eight rows up. Mm-hmm. That's it on either side. So you're really packed in there. And I was there for playoff uh, games, so the intensity level is a little higher, both on the court and in the stands. And I mean, I was shoulder to shoulder, but yeah, it, it got pretty loud, pretty loud in there. Elk City, as we mentioned, hosting Weatherford. Weather's, Weatherford's number four in Class Four A this week, coming off their first loss of the season, 
to uh, 4A number three Tuttle in the finals of the Weatherford Invitational uh, by seven. They defeated Piedmont, which is a top six team in 5A to get there. That was a tough, that was a close one. Yeah, 38-30, a buzzer beater winner uh, there for Weatherford. These two teams did play, as you mentioned, um, Saturday after football season was over the next week. Uh, and Elk City had a lead. What, golly, were they up five maybe? We're with 90 a, seconds or yeah, so. Yeah, something like a yeah. minute 50 up five yeah. and just uh, a couple of free throws, a turnover, a offensive rebound three, and then another turnover. And next thing you know, the Elkettes lost by two, 43-41. But even that in that loss, that was kind of a game where you thought, hmm. And then the Jones lost too. You kind of say, okay, hmm. right there, that close to, That's right. to upsetting a couple of really good teams, or and, beating a couple of good teams. And honestly, as Coach Hamp mentioned, I think that's why Saturday night was so important to win that game. Mm-hmm. It's one thing – you don't want to end up in February going, golly, yeah, we were close to Weatherford. We were close to Jones. We were close to Community Christian. We were close to Anadarko. We were close – you know, those – I mean, we'll start looking at it when we want to – start picking once we see brackets yeah you 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 the losses were to good teams but who'd you beat nobody you know you know mm-hmm. and so like they you kind of start to look at ceilings like okay their ceiling is man they can play the good teams but they can't beat them and so that, i think that's where from a confidence standpoint it's huge to to not only play close but also win those games like they did against Community Christian on Saturday. So that should be a good one. Um, it ought to be fun uh, tonight with Weatherford in town. See kind of where each team is. I know uh, Addie Hoffman back for Weatherford. She wasn't there in the first game because uh, she's only eligible for the second semester uh, with a, kind of an extra semester that she appealed. Uh, they, they applied to the OSSA and was granted. So she's – uh, going to be out there tonight, and uh, so that'll be a different dynamic that the that the Lady Eagles have that they didn't have in that first game. And she's been a fantastic player her career. There's no doubt about that. Uh, so a little bit different challenge tonight, but uh, it'll be fun kind of see where the teams are after a month uh, since they played last, and and where each of those kind of stack up. Then on then on Friday, maybe the game of the night around the state up at Ceiling, Class A number one Ceiling, Class B number two Hammond at the Ward Center coming up Friday night. Well, that ought to be – there would be a whole bunch of people interested in the in the outcome of that one. Yeah, ceiling has been just rolling through people. They took down Riverside pretty easily last yeah, weekend. And, and Riverside is, what, three mm-hmm. in Class A? Four. Four in Class A. And, you know, we're kind of questioning the parity of, of Class A girls. After that, man, I feel like it's ceiling, Caddo, and everybody else. Yeah, Van Oss is undefeated. Bluntly put it, sorry, but I mean, there's other good teams. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but I mean, that is a they're at the very tippy top of the mountain. It feels like. Yeah, that was that was an interesting result. It was at ceiling, but a 30 point defeat uh, for Riverside. Like, yeah, you're thinking, okay, who else is there? Obviously, Caddo and Ceiling are there, yeah. in in some order, heading into the you know what it looks like the state tournament in Class A. Who else can join them? And when we get there, can it be a two day? interesting tournament or just a one day because last year quite frankly thursday and friday not that interesting on a competition saturday was awesome yep. it looks like maybe that could be the case again right now but you never know i mean heck ceiling lost on the way to the big house last year 
to Garber. So those things happen, and Garber's five and zero or twelve and zero, number five in the state right now, with wins over Hooker, a team you saw uh, that's ranked in the top ten in two A. So you know it's it's always a different. But the, the problem is, if you're talking about ceiling, you know some of those really good teams aren't really good every year, and so that arena, that atmosphere, that pressure can kind of weigh on teams at times that haven't really been there that ain't ceiling they're there every year yep so you you have a hard time believing that the pressure of the big house is going to bother them much because they're always there yeah i mean they grew up in it right they were in the stands as little girls and now they're playing and some of their big sisters were playing and cousins i'm sure and and yeah it's 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 tradition that you see at all sports in every school you know that has tradition it's just it's just a cycle. It's awesome. Um, back to the game, though. Hammond versus Ceiling on Friday night. Hammond might feel a little disrespected coming in at number two in this poll. It's interesting. I mean, thinking, well, we just beat LaMega, but LaMega mm-hmm. stays one. So can they go prove a point at Ceiling? Do, listen, if they go in the Ceiling and, and one win or two, say, lose by five, does that make people go, think? change their okay maybe hammond is the best team in class b if they beat ceiling they're going to be number one well of course. and if they're of not course, if they're course. not nobody's paying attention or, or somebody's not paying attention or a whole bunch of somebody's aren't paying much attention if hammond's able to go go win that game i, I think it's a fascinating matchup because you think about ceiling you think about pressure defense the, the guards with nyberg and gore uh whetstone down low is is a good player she's not henley west so it's really coming down to guard play. Si, you know, can, can Hammond's guards handle the pressure? Can, can they, and the thing about them is they, it's twofold, handling pressure and knocking down shots because they're going to – if a team presses them, they're obviously going to face the pressure, mm-hmm. but they're also going to get open shots because of the attention that West is going to draw in the paint. And she seems to be more than a willing enough passer to accept double teams, kick it back out, and let the ball move either straight to the shooter – or an extra pass away uh, to a wide-open shooter. And so then you're talking about Binkley and Chaney and, and those gals knocking down shots. And if they not, it, here's, the, here's the truth of it. And this, this goes from Friday night all the way until state championship Saturday, whenever that run either ends or wins for Hammond. But the truth of the matter is if they make shots from the outside, good luck beating them because they have West inside – to kind of settle things that they need a bucket, right? And if they can knock down shots, if they can have both the outside and the inside yeah. working, man, they're going to be so hard to beat. Yeah, if they start the game off or any game off hitting from outside and not so much going straight to West first and hitting from outside, that loosens it up for West, right? Because they have to come out and, and, and start to guard that perimeter and then they can just feed West in down low on a one-on-one situation instead yeah, of doubling I mean, down on her that i mean it's kind of pick your poison with him and if they start hitting their shots that's it yeah if they if they're making shots they're going to win any and every game they're in because they have that presence of of west down low and, and if they can knock and if they can complement that with making shots from the perimeter goodness yeah good luck circle this date on your calendar february 4th that's a saturday is it yes odd why uh, ceiling at Lamega. Oh, really? Well, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that's a, I know that's a Saturday because the Elkettes and Sayre get together that day. Oh, or Elk City and Sayre over at Sayre uh, Saturday game. Yeah, ceiling at Lamega. 
So that could answer a lot of our questions. Yeah, you look at Ceiling's uh, schedule coming up. But by then, I mean, everything's set rankings-wise, but still. No, it still, gives us a little preview oh, yeah. of, of what we think about LaMega going in the Class B playoffs and Ceiling, obviously, in the Class A. Ceiling gets Hammond. They also have Hooker on their schedule. They got Surreal, which is a top 10 team, top or number six in Class A. And then that LaMega game also still on the docket coming up for uh, for Ceiling. So that uh, – and they're at Cheyenne the night before, on the on the third. So if you want to go check them out, February third be a pretty short trip uh, to see the ceiling lady cats. Yeah, Arnett has a tall girl. They've also got what's her name, Bayless. Yeah, I know. I, I figured, oh. Landry, Landry is it, is it Bayless. Landry? Yep. I believe that's right. Is that right, TJ? Yes. No. Maybe. I think it is. I think it's Landry Bayless. Yes. Yes. See, TJ needs to be the voice of the Arnett Wildcats on Paragon. Makes sense to me. I think it makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense to me. That's a that's a great call, Jared. If you'd have had more calls like that in the Western Oklahoma Realty Bowl Mania, <laughs> I'd probably, you'd have been you'd have been closer to me. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's mention that one more time before we get out of here on a Paul Jones truck Tuesday. Instead of playing the Queen, uh, we are the champions. Play another one bites the dust because I bit the dust again. Who won? You won. I did. You won, Mister. Hey, right quick. It's rigged. Let's get to a. Uh, I just saw this pop up on ESPN. So there's nothing more pointless but more fun to talk about. And is the way too early <laughs> top twenty-five? Why are we doing this? Who do you think's number one? Georgia. You are correct. Number two. Bama. Ohio State, according to Mark Schleyball. Number three. Not ba- not Bama? Nope. Michigan. Number four. Meat Kitchen. Um, I'm just gonna keep saying Bama until they pop up on this. Here's okay. an interesting one at number if they're four. They're not top they're not top four. They're top five. They're number five. Okay. Number four. Let me give me a minute. LSU's—they were hot at the end of the year. You got Utah getting their quarterback back. I don't know about Clemson. Who is it? Number four. I'm giving you candidates. Florida, Florida State. Florida State. That's my name. The Seminoles. How about that dude? Uh, what's his name? The 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 rush the the pass rusher verse. You see, he's coming back. No, well, that, he got a top. He got a first round draft card, and is coming back. They're all in, I guess. How much money is Florida State paying him to stay? Yeah, they're all in. Sounds like yeah. The, the way they were too fun early team. Stuff, the way too early stuff because we have another round of portal we, we action have an, happening in May. Right, we have another round of high school signings too. Yeah, it, uh, it's hard to like, coming up in a month. I found the list. So they they look at this expected returning starters expected. They've added the word expected. Yeah, just that, that, that makes sense, though. <laughs> expected key additions, expected key losses. I wonder if that means they're in the portal, but they haven't committed. Um, that's interesting. You'll see with seven. My point is, are they – so, okay, it's the way too early. And then after the next round of the, the portal in May, is there going to be a too early? I think that's what <laughs> – actually, I think that's exactly what happens. And then it, once you see what the additions or subtractions are – then they yeah. and they'll show you okay there was this in the way too early there this now yeah uh, Oklahoma not uh, not in here I saw one that, that they were sense. at twenty three in a two four seven maybe 
James Madison is 24. Uh, sometimes you got to break it Colorado down. Colorado not available in the top 25. Not in there. Uh, what about TCU? TCU was like 12th. 12. Uh, K-State 18. Yeah. Where are the horns? 16, are the horns not in there? 16. Okay, I skipped over. Tulane at 19. Look out, USC. I'm going to tell you right now. If the key addition that is supposed to happen happens, I've got a candidate for a playoff team that's going to start around 15. Who's that? Notre Dame. Mm, mm. If they get Sam Hartman back, or if they get Sam Hartman, the quarterback from uh, Wake Forest, watch out. I think he committed. Is it official? Uh, is he still they, in the ex- he's still on the expected list here? I thought it was like yesterday or the day before they officially did. Yeah. Maybe he had already written this he, article. He put a picture out of himself okay. in a Notre Dame jersey. Well, that's a huge addition to Notre Dame. Makes me feel good about what I just said. I think he's in. All right, I give us give us in. your way too early top four. We're at, we're being asked that question on the text line. My way too early. Well, I'll stick with Georgia. I'll see them. They're rolling. They're looking like the Bama of the new age here. Uh you know, I'll, I'll give, yeah, Ohio State because of how they played Georgia in that semifinal game. Now, I'm interested to see how they replace C.J. Who's going to be their quarterback? Yeah, That's my question. Yeah. But I think they are the best team in the Big Ten. I'm not buying in Michigan because i do not even sure they're going to have their coach next year. Corum is coming back. Blake oh, Corum. For, for Michigan? Yeah. Okay. He announced that yesterday. I did see that. Okay. Uh, Bama. So, I'll go uh, Georgia, Ohio State, Bama – and um, LSU. Three SEC teams, yeah. huh? Like, are we like top four? Like, what are we asking me? No, are you asking the playoff. The playoff? Yeah, playoff. Oh, I think like playoff. top four preseason no, rankings no, 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 or no, no, something. No, 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 Playoff, playoff. Okay, so let me go back. Georgia as the SEC champ. Ohio State as the Ohio – or the, the Ohio State. The Big Ten champ. Um – Let's go. I got to go there. USC. I don't think the ACC gets in. I think between Clemson and Florida State, they kind of eat up on each other. Yeah, uh, Florida State has to go to Clemson. I'm pretty sure on the run. Yeah, see, that's schedule. why I'm not going with that. Um, because then I can see Clemson beating them. Then I can see Clemson losing like at Syracuse or something. I was just wondering that question. TJ asked, "Does Clemson and uh, Notre Dame play?" I that, can't find a, a twenty twenty three schedule. On I'm, I'm not buying into. Uh, I'm not ready to buy into Notre Dame just yet. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. I'm just. Yeah, let's, we gotta do let's this look at schedules. I gotta look at schedules. We gotta. We'll, I gotta we'll do this tomorrow. Study this. We'll do this tomorrow. Also, a question that's gonna be on the docket for tomorrow when it, with regards to college football. In the last two years, we've seen three new participants in the college football playoff. Michigan, Cincinnati, and now TCU this year. Who is the most likely first-timer next year? Good question. Paul Jones Drug, wrapping it up here on a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Oh, no. Here's the deal. Both logical answers, neither one of them OU fans are going to like. Yep. Neither one. Paul Jones Drug. Carrie, you can trust Free delivery in the Elk City area. Thank you to Rodney. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. 
Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medication safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust.